Welcome to Filled to Flourish with Luke and Lauren. Where emotional health takes a stage and your story matters. Hello, our wonderful fans. It's so good to be making another podcast episode today for you all. Um, we are talking again about one of our favorite topics, but in a different light. So we would like to explore today what to do when our attachment style is being activated in different seasons of our lives. And we have a lot of experience here, don't we, babe? We do. Mm -hmm. Our old attachments do tend to creep up there every once in a while. Mm -hmm. A lot less than they used to. Yeah, which and is not as long as they used to. Mm -hmm. be, they don't drive the experience as long as they used to. It's really remarkable to look back and as we've been preparing for this episode to just see how often this used to happen and yeah. how, like you said, long, because we couldn't find our way through. We didn't have the words or the framework. Right. Um, and how painful it was for both of us. Yes. And so what happens when our insecure attachment is activated? That's what we'd like to talk about, as you were saying. And even when we are earning a secure attachment, We've made a lot of progress. We've done story work. We're doing all the things that we've talked about. That doesn't always drive our experience, no matter what. Mm -hmm. Like stress is going to happen. Seasons are going to happen. Transition is going to happen. New seasons that you haven't experienced before are going to happen. And it's going to bring in some dysregulation mm -hmm. and need new coping mechanisms. Maybe you lose coping mechanisms. And so your old insecure attachment may flare up, may be activated. Yep. And so we'd like to talk about what are some of these times that this happens and what are some ways to walk through it? Now there's other ways you could do it. We're not going to cover like every single thing that yeah. you could ever face, but we just want you to think about, put yourself in these situations. Yeah. Maybe they'll activate some memories and some experiences and you can walk through them with your spouse, with yourself. So I'm thinking like what comes to mind initially would be new marriage, like early marriage when the the wedding planning like fueled people ahead with adrenaline and then they get married and then they realize they, oh, we're living together. We're, we're learning these rhythms together. And there's just so much joy and excitement, but so much vulnerability Yeah. because it's, it's like, oh man, just brand spanking new. And it's such just a new level of vulnerability and intimacy yeah. that uh, hasn't been experienced yet. Yeah. And so maybe... I think that's why there's a lot of people will say, you know, some people say the first year was great. Our first year was, was pretty wonderful, but that's not always the case. And I think that it's it often when that happens is attachment. And even when the first year is great, I've talked with several people that by like year three or five, it's like, I thought we were going to be farther along than this. Mm -hmm. And why are we still struggling with these things? Yeah. And so there's, it's not always a bad sign because right. sometimes it's, as you're going, you're connecting more and becoming more intimate and becoming closer to each other, the insecure attachment is being activated more frequently mm. and the fears are becoming more present. And if you don't have the language or the tools to walk through that or to give grace and compassion in the midst of that, you can start panicking and feel like mm -hmm. there's no way out. Why do we get married? Yeah. We're not meant for each other. We're not a good match. And really, it's just, we have a different attachment style. We have an insecure attachment. 
and we don't have the language and tools to, to walk, to walk through this. Yeah, exactly. And we've had these conversations, but why are we having to have them so often? Mm-hmm. And it's that transition, new seasons that you don't just have the conversation once and rewire the brain. It's a continual conversation, continually uh, rooting it up and discussing it and seeing how that's playing in this new season. Mm-hmm. Because that may, you may have addressed one area, but another season or another trigger is coming up in a different way. Yeah. So that makes me also think of like when the vulnerability of the time when women are pregnant and they just go into full on, like, I got to take care of my body. I need to rest. I need to do everything to make this new person's life. Okay. And a husband can really feel like, and they're not um, prioritized anymore. There can be a lot of vulnerability there, a lot of rejection potentially or abandonment feelings, the baby coming. And then, oh my gosh, all the time that goes into baby care. Yeah. Um, losses. I think losses are a huge time where our active, our attachment styles are activated, um, grieving, just losses, whether it's death or other types of losses we experience in our life. Anytime your spirit is just so vulnerable and everything feels raw, that is a time when your attachment style is going to be activated. Absolutely. What are some other ones? Like moving to a new place, mm-hmm. a new job, like you mentioned, like having a new baby. So that's a new season. New friendships where you feel like you're having to share your spouse with uh, a friend that they're getting really close to. And maybe even you have that mixed feeling of being so excited for them because you know that they need friendship, but also feeling a little bit of that insecurity crop up of, wait, am I going to have enough? Is there enough to go around? Well, even in that, maybe the spouse, but the person who has a new friend, you're getting to know somebody new. And so there's a vulnerability of letting them know you and mm-hmm. so that could be an attachment trigger did i am i letting them know too much are they receiving me are they accepting me do they love me do yeah. they... and so that's going to affect other relationships in, in their life right it's it's crazy how it kind of bleeds into other spaces so even feelings of inadequacy or failure that we might experience in other settings work settings projects we're doing relationships if we feel those deeply, they can kind of bleed into our marriage connection and it can feel very similar, even though we might have more security than that thing. It just crosses over. Because the closer the relationship is, the more risk and vulnerability there is. Mm -hmm. So if I'm feeling insecure in one area, that insecurity doesn't just leave me. A marriage relationship gets triggered. That's going to get brought into it Mm -hmm. on top of it Mm -hmm. as as a reality yeah it can and it's common and so yes the closer relationships are other relationships are going to bleed into that one definitely it makes sense i'm also thinking about hard parenting seasons or special needs parenting or crisis parenting all the different challenges of raising kids with your spouse but you know, before we have kids, we picture like the photo shoot and the long walks in the park, not the screaming, crying. These kids, um, you know, they have these needs and I don't know how to meet them. And there's chaos and there's frustration. And that could very easily activate your attachment style from your past that you have worked so hard to um, 
work through work through yep and bring you right back there tension and stress trauma vulnerability all of those things are going to be things that you're going to want to be on the lookout for when when those experiences are happening am i reverting back to my old attachment style and if so what can i do yeah. so we're going to talk through like how we can practically be aware of that and walk through that today in this episode what we found to be helpful yeah and as we with parenting um there's there's the stresses of parenting then there's the uh reflections of parenting mm. uh, parenting from the inside out so as we're parenting we make these mistakes we're then processing and looking at our story and that could bring up old old wounds traumas insecurities um attachment triggers and so as you're doing the good work, mm -hmm. that's why compassion is so important mm -hmm. and curiosity, uh, because we're trying to understand why we're, our bodies are responding the way they are. If, again, if we look at those with, with judgment, then we're going to continue shutting them down, yeah. which is what created the insecure attachment. Yep. And so the curiosity and the compassion is going to help, help reveal why that response and that trigger is there which can bring that healing and continue allowing you to have the opportunity and tools for secure, to earn a secure attachment. Mm, so good. Do you mind kind of giving us your opinion and insight on earned attachment versus our old default style? Like, do you think that we always have part of that with us, our old uh, attachment style? And you know, just like, how do you think that works as you see it with clients and with ourselves and our stories? Um, I'm only in my mid thirties, <laughs> so true. I don't know what it's going to look like when I'm in my seventies or eighties. Yeah. You might have like a perfect, I might have a perfect secure attachment. <laughs> that sounds so fun. <laughs> but I don't think stresses will ever leave us. Right. I don't think triggers will, will ever completely leave us. Yeah. Um, there's things that I'm experiencing now that I will experience differently when I'm in my forties, fifties, when we don't have kids in the house, when, uh, we transition to a new job or place, like we may have tools to help us walk through that cl cleaner, but I don't believe that our default stress responses are going to be completely gone for it. Like, yeah, totally. But the goal isn't to completely eradicate our trauma responses. Our goal is to create a secure response so that a secure attachment so that we can walk through those attachment, uh, those triggers within relationship. Mm -hmm. As I look around with people who have a, what looks like a healthy, secure attachment. Yeah. It's not that they never experienced stress, mm -hmm. but they never experienced doubt in relationship. They still have, they're still human, but their brains can respond and recover a lot quicker. Mm -hmm. They can receive help. They can ask for help quicker. That's my experience is I feel like I'm earning a secure attachment with you, mm -hmm. but I still get stressed. I still get triggered. I still get insecure attachments activated, but I have tools to ground myself, to regulate myself, and then to bring you into that experience. Yes. And that's, I think a significant piece to the puzzle of an insecure attachment is bringing someone into that journey to speak truth and to walk with you because when there's relationship within that uh, attachment activate activation that's where it continues to rewire our brain in that when we are triggered in the future 
there's wiring that says relationship is okay. Yes. Relationship is safe. Is safe and reliable. Yep. So do I think that it's ever completely gone? I would have a hard time saying that it would be completely gone. Yeah. That there would be none of that default. Right. Yeah. But to say that it's going to be the same, that that's just not true. We see the progress. Right. And it doesn't take into account neuroplasticity, which is a completely, um, it's not even speculation in right. science. It's completely true about the brain. For better or for worse, the brain can change. Right. And as you earn a secure attachment, like Luke just explained, that's exactly what you're doing. You're strengthening the pathways, the neural pathways, making them um, more strong on the side of relationships are safe. People are there for me. I can uh, heal and grow in the context of relationship. And you're weakening the other side that says, I need to be alone. I need to do this on my own. No one is ever going to be there for me. And relationships are unsafe and dangerous. So it, it takes time. Yeah. It takes time to do that because the brain has been living and active for years and in one way that's gotten deepened through the experiences of people not being there for you. And the experiences, these been these have been very real experiences. Our brain have come, wow, I'm, I'm having a hard time talking. <laughs> our brains have come by this very honestly. Yes. It's not like our brains just were born and decided, I'm going to be negative and afraid of relationship. We all come by these things because we've experienced them. But we can experience something different, and our brains can and do respond to that. And there's yeah. so much hope in that. There really is. And as, as you were talking, that brain, brain plasticity, something you said about it strengthens the pathways. As we're not feeding the insecure attachment, but we're feeding the secure attachment, that is where that's being strengthened. Mm -hmm. And again, I, I don't think it's going to erase the other one, but it loses the power to drive your experience. Right. And we've seen that yeah. in our oh, marriage. hundred percent. Even recently, mm -hmm. we've seen it as my insecure attachment is activated and having similar patterns, several similar experiences, similar thoughts, similar behaviors, but it wasn't as strong and overwhelming. And I had a, a pathway for the secure attachment that could speak out, yeah. give voice to it, yeah. could have a voice for attachment. And that's that earning secure attachment. It has it now has power. Mm. The secure attachment has power and a pathway for movement. And in our marriage, that insecure attachment is not triggered as often. Yeah. But when it is, even the hard way, it doesn't drive as powerfully yeah. as before. Yep, definitely. And it has it. We, and there's options. But before it was just insecure response. Yep. Now there's, there's options. another way. I actually think we have some action steps for you guys. And um, I'm just kind of springing this home, Luke, but I actually think it would be better to kind of share those first briefly mm -hmm. and then kind of keep uh, your eye out for these guys in Luke's story that he's about to share. So listen to these and then listen to how this plays out practically in a relationship. So action steps for wh what to do when your attachment style is activated. Number one, be curious and self-aware about how you're feeling. That curiosity has to be first. Number two, maintain the benefit of the doubt towards your spouse. You're going to want to see them in a negative light. 
maintain the benefit of the doubt and that gracious posture towards them. Number three, remain compassionate for this very real experience of an activated attachment style. It's real. It's physiologically happening in your brain. And what you're feeling isn't invalid in any way. Uh, it doesn't mean that it's necessarily true, but it's it's a valid experience that you're walking through. So remain compassionate. And number four, communicate with your spouse. This is hard for some of us. How you feel clearly. No passive aggressive, no little um, tiny bids that are unclear. Communicate how you feel clearly and break the cycle. Okay, we might return to those if we just need a quick review. But let's jump into our little example of recent time and see if it makes a little more sense to people. So we have had several transitions recently. Oh, yeah. We've like fit those stress scales where you have to put how many numbers you get for everything. We're like off the charts in the last couple months. I think we're pretty, pretty high. Pretty high. Between transitions, um, parenting, work, health. Yeah. All kinds of living oh, displaced for a year. Yeah. Um, working on our story. And so there's a lot of stress and vulnerability and, vulnerability mm-hmm. and insecurities. And recently I've, I've noticed some old uh, attachment triggers happening. So I have. My insecure attachment is a more anxious avoidant attachment. So what that means is I want relationship at the same time I'm afraid of it. Mm. So it's kind of like a come closer to me, but stay away kind of (laughs) messages. It really is. Very complicated. So I've been seeing that those feelings coming up inside of me recently. And do you recognize it for that? Like, did you have that? Pretty quickly, I did. That's amazing. Which in the past, I wouldn't have. I would have no language for it. Yeah. But I started, as I saw the dysregulation or just that uncomfortable feelings, um, kind of having that questioning eye towards you, it started. I started saying, okay, this is different. Hmm. Why, why am I feeling this? Why, when I interact with her, do I leave... The situation feeling like she doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Why do I? Why am I so fragile within this relationship? Why do I? Why am I giving those not passive aggressive but passive yeah. bids? Mm-hmm. That's a better word for it. Normally, I've been able to give bids pretty clearly, but in this previous season, it was like a very safe bid <laughs> that wasn't always clear. <laughs> And so that's the anxious attachment of, I want her to want love me. I want her to be in relationship with me. But my avoidance is saying, don't risk too much. Yes. Because she's not safe and she won't see you and she won't love you. So it's like that conversation inside my head. It's like avoiding, it's like, I guess the angel and the de- the devil on the on your shoulders, like the angel's like, oh, throw out that bid. And the devil's like, well, she's not going to receive it. So... I wouldn't suggest it, but would do whatever you want. Oh, jeez! And and as I throw out that bid that isn't clear, mm-hmm. you miss it. And so my avoidance is saying, "See, mm-hmm. she doesn't care about you." Yep, it's uh, like a confirmation bias. 
which right. your subconscious has in this activated place. Right. Just a little um, little bunny trail. Uh, the vulnerability of relational bids is episode four. If you haven't listened to that yet, that could really, uh, we go into a lot of detail about the concept of bids and how bids and our response to bids makes or breaks a relationship. Yeah. Good point. So I was seeing these things happening. I saw it stirring up in me more frequently and having that critical eye of, uh, of relationship towards you. And so I just became curious, like, okay, wanting relationship is good. Like that's not a bad desire. And so I, as I saw these, these fears and these doubts happening, I would repeat this to myself. Mm-hmm. Wanting relationship is okay. Wanting relationship is okay. And wanting relationship is good even because that's a, a lie I've believed in the past that relationship is not safe. Relationship is not good. So this was over several days, just thinking over the stuff and seeing the triggers happening and then not knowing really have a language for you yet, but just trying to process it and just being curious, just continue being curious and seeing and being excited to see you. And then maybe not seeing that you're as excited to see me. And even though like you said, like, yes, I am, but wasn't excited enough to overcome my avoidant yep. <laughs> attachment voice. Yep. And so still feeling alone. And then just eventually as I was remaining compassionate with myself, my experience, giving space for my insecure attachment, not having shame and, and judgment about these feelings, mm-hmm. then I came to you with it. Yeah. And just, are you okay? Like, is there a reason why I don't feel like you're, you care for, you care about me right now? <laughs> and you're like, yeah, I'm good. I'm like, okay. And she, you're like, why? And I'm just like, I just don't feel like you're interested in being in a relationship with me right now. Mm. And that was me communicating clearly. Yes, it I was. I broke the cycle of that internal voice wondering, is, is my reality, is my experiential reality real? Mm-hmm. Or is my experiential reality just my, my insecure attachment? I knew it was just my insecure attachment because I was even telling myself, my wife loves me, my wife loves me, my wife loves me. But my experiential reality was you don't. Yeah. And, and so I just shared it with you that I'm just feeling more insecure right now with our attachment and our relationship. I'm reading, I'm a little more fragile and I'm reading into things. Yeah. Or I think even before that, it was like, these are the bids and Mm -hmm. this is your response. I don't know how else to interpret it than you're not interested in engaging in a relationship with me. It was more like, this is what I'm seeing. I don't think you even concluded yet that I'm reading into things or, um, but that was you like processing it and bringing it to light, which in the past... There was no light. It was right. just like two people fumbling around in the dark, trying to connect with each other and banging up against the wall. And eventually just getting so hurt and angry it yeah. turns into fights and oh, explosions. For sure. for sure. And then we're like, what was that all about? Yeah. And we're like, I have no idea. Yes. <laughs> and so yeah. now it's more, I am giving these bids and I feel like you're not receiving them. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I don't even, I didn't even see those bids. Yeah. And as we were talking, it was just, also realizing like when our insecure attachment is activated, there's mm-hmm. fragility there. Mm-hmm. Yes. But it's very the, normal. The receiving of the bids is going to be a lot more important. Yep. Especially since 
bidding is going to be more difficult. Right. But, Which is another reason why it's important to communicate exactly. that you're in that fragile, insecurely attached place. And then your spouse can be that much more aware and attuned. Right. Because mm -hmm. you can't read my mind. No. And even though we have a great connection and we really do have that like six couple sense where we can tell when something's wrong. I genuinely, when you talked to me about this recently, I was like, no. Like, I feel connected. What? I mean, it really caught me completely off guard, which was good for me to know. I mean, I just had no idea. And in the past, maybe I had some idea. So it was just really good to realize, like, we don't know each other's internal world. And this was an opportunity you gave me to come in and take a peek. Yeah, it's just so important to do that invitation because you can't read my mind. And I hear so often, like, but if I tell my spouse that I feel this way, then they're only responding to me because I told them. Like it's not genuine. Or it's something. not genuine, right. But mm -hmm. how else are they going to respond unless they know what they, that you need from them? Right. And so it's not any less valuable that you're now responding to me. You've responded to me after this more intentionally that's attunement. Like that's mm -hmm. all atta what attachment is. It's, yeah. it's attunement, it's responsiveness, it's engagement, yeah. it's be being okay with me having this, uh, this trigger yeah. and you moving towards that and allowing that emotion to be there and in mm. doing relationship better in like more intentionally. And so just few those of you that are listening and saying, well, they should know, or they, they don't love me. It's no, you have to invite them into that yeah. trigger uh, attachment activation so that they know how to move towards you. Yes. Give them the opportunity to attune right. and respond. And your attachment may say, <laughs> I can't. Yeah. And that's where we have to fight our attachment. Like as I was talking to Lauren and communicating clearly, yeah, there was that battle still. Mm. But as I've done this more, that secure attachment had the power to, mm -hmm. to speak. And as I we've been talking about this, this re the realization of how often mm. I spent in this mm. uh, insecure attachment activation of constantly just that battle of wanting relationship, avoiding relationship. I want her to love me. She doesn't love me. I'm bidding. She's missing. Therefore she doesn't care. And like, yeah, so much of our early marriage was, was that experience. So, so much. I actually remember before we knew anything about attachment or even before you started your counseling program, your master's, I remember thinking maybe even journaling, cause it's a very distinct thought that like, if only my husband, who I adore, can get to that place where he actually is able to receive my love for him and be secure in that. Like I didn't know about insecure or secure attachment, but I remember very much that concept of like, he is so not secure in my love for him. If only he could do that, our love could just freely flow, not to mention my attachment style and all the repair that's been needed there, but like, our love could freely flow back and forth between each other and be unhindered and be uh, 
so powerful in each other's lives. And that was years ago. And, you know, it took that process of realizing why first before, and it just, it's a lot of work to gain a secure attachment. And I think it's so good for you to share this experience of like, even when you are so far down that road and you've done so much work to build a secure attachment with your spouse or with someone else, you can to fall back Mm -hmm. and that's okay. There's a way through it and there's grace and compassion for that hard reality. Yeah. Yeah. And there's hope on the other side Mm. that me being activated with my insecure attachment isn't the end. That's right. Um, There's now new tools, new wiring, new experiences that are affirming secure attachment as I walk in opposition to the insecure attachment. Yeah. So that's just a recent experience of being curious and self-aware about how I was feeling, working toward having the benefit of the doubt with my, my wife, as I was telling myself, she loves me, she loves me. Experientially, my body was not telling me that, but I was speaking that truth. Mm-hmm. And then being compassionate with myself and affirming that the need for a relationship is a good need. Mm-hmm. Even though my avoidance was saying like, you're stupid for wanting this. Mm. You're you, you, like, you haven't learned your lesson and, mm. and just, Shame. yeah. And just experience that the, the phys- physiological experience that of being that, that fear, it's okay to feel that. And it's okay to have needs and it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. Um, even on this journey towards trying to be okay. <laughs> um, and then communicating clearly what I needed, which broke the cycle of my insecure attachment mm. activation, bidding, questioning, feeling rejected, mm-hmm. uh, relationships, not safe, bidding, reject feelings yep. rejected. That's that cycle. Like, whereas usually it would take, weeks, if not months for me to for yeah. it explode into disaster. Yeah. It took days and, and no disaster and no disaster, right? <laughs> <laughs> which is always nice. So those are the steps that we want you to think about as you are activated walking through. And now, um, we also have some steps for the spouse. So a few steps for the spouse to do who's not activated, but is trying is working with mm. the activated spouse. So I would say the first one is to remember attachment styles strongly influence how we feel in relation to one another. So this isn't like uh, a fleeting thought. This is an experiential reality. When your attachment style is activated, all those decades of having that insecure attachment style is what your brain's mode is back into. And this is something that if you can't understand that and accept that you're going to look at your spouse with judgment with a critical eye with i don't have time or patience for this um just it you have to understand that part about brain physiology and and in relationships how it all works um, and with that foundation and understanding how much our and attachment styles influence how we feel not just making it up not being dramatic right None of that can be part of the conversation. So as you have that as your foundation, that attachment styles strongly influence us, 
we we can walk forward and be gracious and willing to reaffirm our love, commitment, support for our spouse. And that might feel honestly unnecessary to the un, unactivated person. Right. Because they feel fine and they feel the connection and their brain isn't in that old default mode. And so it doesn't seem necessary to you, but it's not you who's walking through that activation. And so being being willing to reaffirm that actually helps to soothe their neurological system and actually helps them switch in their brain. Like if you could just switch a lever from insecure back to secure, you have the power, we have the power, whichever spouse is not activated, to give that gift to your spouse tenderly, patiently, lovingly, and and ride it out with them. Mm -hmm. Just ride it out. It will end. And as they work towards a secure attachment, they will flip back to that. They won't feel this raw and awful soon, but it really takes your willingness to reaffirm your love. Yeah. And just looking at like the Adam Young's big six, if you don't know what it looks like to affirm or to affirm your love and your commitment to your spouse, uh, Adam Young's big six is that attunement to, okay, they're triggered. I'm attuning to that. Uh, I'm responding to it. I'm engaging with those feelings. I'm regulating myself so that I can do attune and respond and engage. And I'm allowing them to not be okay and loving them in that. And like Lauren was saying, if there needs to be a, a, a sorry, you should say sorry. Yeah. As okay, I've missed those bits. I've I have pulled away or yeah. I have missed, I've just missed you. Um, I've been busy, distracted. Those, those are some suggestions of how to do that because as you're doing those things, you are again, rewiring the other person's brain mm. to experience relationship as safe. Mm. So good. And so as you're helping them, you're helping yourself yeah. because you're allowing the, your spouse to be able to engage emotionally in relationship as you're rewiring and helping them earn a secure attachment. I'd like to throw in one, one last thing for spouses is to be aware of your own attachment style in this time, because often one activated default attachment style can almost bring out the other spouses old attachment style. And so be aware and do whatever you can to ground yourself in the truth of relationship, the truth of your connection with your spouse, so that you can remain that uh, foundation, that solid foundation for them. Of course, it's going to happen when we're both activated and there's still it's still possible to make it through that. We've done it a million times. But if you can, if you can Remember what your tendencies are when you get activated and be aware, be on the lookout for those so that that doesn't muck, muddy the waters further of you just responding in your own either anxious attachment style or anxious avoidant attachment style um, or avoidant or just avoidant. Try to try to remain in that secure place for your spouse. Well said. Thank you. This was a good episode. It was really good. I'm really... I just applaud your vulnerability once again. People have shared so much that they really appreciate 
that we're just not talking like textbook psychology, we're sharing our story and our lives. And it is vulnerable and there is a risk to it, but we believe the value of secure attachments is so, so worth it for the world, for families, for everything good that we're willing to, to put ourselves out there. And you did that a lot in this episode. Thanks, babe. Appreciate that. It is worth it. This is uh, something that's not readily available mm-hmm. out there. And mm-hmm. so, and marriage is something that we're passionate about. Relationships Super. we're passionate about. Yep. And so we- It's worth it. Take that leap of faith. That's right. Your story matters. And we look forward to talking with you next episode. While it is a joy to provide our podcast content as a source of life enrichment, please note that information shared is not intended to replace or contradict any professional therapy or medical advice.